What are you wearing? Something sexy. I, I'm in my long johns, actually. Thank you. Just got home from work. Yeah, that smell is actually me. So just be thankful you're somewhere the fuck else. You're welcome. So this episode is myself and my best, dearest pal, Rose. I've known Rose for a very long time, more than most of you, and she's had an interesting, colorful, exceptional life, and we get to hear a little bit about it. And I tell you, she's probably lived more in a year than I ever will in my entire life. So we're going to listen to, well, you're going to listen because I participated to Rose and I just chatting, just chit-chatting, just me and an interesting gal named Rose just hanging out, just being gals. Just being us, you know, together. So that's coming up. I'm just going to do a couple quick minutes here because there's a couple things I want to talk to you about. Number one, I feel like something's really wrong with me on the inside. And I know I say that a lot, but I really feel like I'm missing like some kind of something. Like maybe I've had a stroke in my sleep and much like Sophia from the Golden Girls, I have no filter anymore. So funny story. Malcolm has bowels just like me. He eats his breakfast, sits on the potty with a video, and he takes dumps every morning. And it's great because I don't have to worry about it. Like, I know he's taken a big juicy dump in the morning, and I've seen it, and it's probably exceptional because he's exceptional. And we go on with our lives. So this morning, after his big dump, uh, I go in there and I go to wipe his butt, and I look in the toilet, and no word of a lie, he has shat the letter S. The letter S. No word of a lie. Like, even his asshole's a fucking genius. Like, it's, it's shitting out letters. It's taking in food and shitting out letters. Awesome, right? So I'm like, oh my god! And he's like, mama! The letter S! My poop made the letter S! And I was like, yeah! That's awesome! And then we high-fived over it, because we're a couple of guys, you know? And uh, I said, you know, this may never happen again. And he said, yeah. And I said, should I take a picture of it? He said, yes. But don't send it to grandma. She won't like that true words. He couldn't have been more right. So I took a picture of it and I went to work today and um, I can't really go into what's going on, but they're kind of rejigging everything and they do this really annoying thing uh, at work where they count all the letters and all the magazines and all the parcels and all the packages. Like they count everything, which just is just horrible because it basically adds an hour or some to your day and it's not fun. So one of the nice uh, young ladies, and I will stress the term young, she looks 15, so she must be like 19. I don't know. And I'm just really stupid when I meet people because I'm always like sticky and it's really fucking annoying. And sometimes I catch myself being sticky and I put a stop to it. And other times it just happens as though I have absolutely no control about over what's going on. Just, it just happens. It's almost like it's happening to me. I'm not doing it. Like I'm watching from like a surveillance cam above my head. I am watching myself do these ridiculous, stupid things. Like what I'm about to tell you. So this nice young lady, she's very chatty. She's friendly. I, I enjoy her. She's pretty funny. There's not a lot of women where I work. So I'm trying to, this is how I quote unquote make friends. Uh, we're talking yada yada. And I say, hey, you want to hear something funny? And she says, okay. And I said, my kid pooped the letter S today. And she's like, oh yeah. And I don't think she has kids. Like I haven't asked. And I was like, yeah, it was pretty funny. And she's like, yeah, that is funny. 
Because you know when you say something's funny, but it's really not funny and you don't actually laugh, you just say, yeah, that's funny. You know how that is? Yeah, like that. And I, I should have just stopped there because I've obviously made her uncomfortable. And you know what? In her defense, if I were 10 years younger and someone had told me that story, I would, I as well would be like, that's funny. And then proceed to run screaming as far and as fast as I could. So in her defense, she did stand there, but now I've made things really weird and I can feel that things are really weird. Like that, I, I do have a tiny little modicum of, of social awareness, just to, just enough to let me know that I'm a fucking weirdo. So there's like, you know, a few beats go by and no one's saying anything and I feel really uncomfortable. So I'm like, do you want to see a picture of it? And she's like, uh, and I was like, no, totally. You don't have to see a picture of it, but I have a picture of it just in case you want to see. Cause I mean, how many times are you ever going to see poop in the shape of a letter S? It's just never going to happen again. This is like a once in a lifetime poop scenario. And she's like, okay, sure. Like, I don't know. Maybe she has cats and she's used to gross shit or maybe she's into scat. I don't know. So she comes over and I show her the picture and she's like, hmm. Wow. And I was like, you're welcome. I just enriched your life. Uh, I feel like this is a Facebook worthy moment for you. And she's like, yeah, dear diary. Huh? Hmm. Yeah. And I just thought, why do I do this? Like what, what is fucking wrong with me that I would not only tell someone that I do not know, I do not know this woman's last name. I don't know what her favorite color is. I'm not even an acquaintance. I'm an underling. Like, what is fucking wrong with me that this is like my icebreaker? Nice. Good work, fatty. Way to go. Just some, something's really wrong with me. And I think it's because my mom drank when she was pregnant, which is probably not true. But everybody likes to blame their mother for something. And I choose to do this because what other reasoning could there be that I'm a fucking weirdo? No, I'm innocent. I'm always the victim, which is like the telltale sign of a sociopath okay great that went really well and then i posted on facebook life lesson number 109 just because your kid poops in the shape of a letter s doesn't mean that anyone wants to see a photo of it and uh i i say that and i posted that just in case like maybe your kid will shit out a cue and not everyone wants to see a picture of the shit cue actually no one wants to see that so if you can learn from my discomfort and like now I'm going to have to see her like for the next week and a half. And then where do we go from this? And I, you know, I saw her later and I was really red. I got really embarrassed. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. I showed you a picture of my kid's poop. Like, I, I don't know why I did that. Something's really wrong with me. And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. You were really excited. I mean, as long as I'm not the only person you showed, then that's not weird. She's like, you sh you've shown other people, right? And I'm like, no, I haven't. <sighs> okay there's one more thing i want to talk to you about i saw this uh, article on facebook just to totally switch gears because that story's done it's all pooped out it's pooped that story is pooped um so sarah and i were driving and i see on facebook this heading missing woman joins search party looking for herself and I wish I would have recorded her and I laughing our fucking guts out in the car and I didn't. So this is going to be really lame. But this is fucking hilarious. Okay, I'm going to read this to you. <clears throat> a quote unquote missing woman on vacation in Iceland managed to join a search party looking for herself. According to the Toronto Sun. Oh, she's Canadian. Great. 
A group of tourists spent hours on Saturday night looking for a missing female near Iceland's, I don't know, something Icelandic, canyon, only to find out she was actually among the search party. <laughs> the group were traveling through Iceland on a bus tour and stopped near the volcan volcanic canyon in the southern highlands. One of the women on the bus left the group to change her clothes and freshen up, but when she came back, her busmates did not recognize her. Word quickly spread of a missing passenger, and amazingly, the woman did not recognize her own description <laughs> and happily joined in the search. <laughs> Nearly 50 people searched the terrain in vehicles and on foot, with the Coast Guard even prepping to send in a helicopter to aid the emergency mission. However, the search was called off. At around 3 a.m. on Sunday, when it became obvious the quote-unquote missing woman was accounted for and had, in fact, been searching for herself. <laughs> the Coast Guard. Like, they looked for 12 hours, well into the early hours of the morning, and she didn't <laughs> realize they were looking for her. I love this woman. Ma marry her whoever you are she's canadian we're all very sorry about it i'm sure she was very apologetic about the fact that 50 people were looking for her she was looking for herself she ruined vacations they readied a helicopter and she's still okay uh, all right well if you're ready for more jam-packed entertainment let's listen to uh myself and rose talk it's going to be really good i really i can't really remember what she said so i'm really excited to listen to because i was kind of like you know in the moment imagining everything so it'll be cool to just listen to the actual conversation outside of you know being in it does that make sense anyway um she was looking for herself do you guys grasp that the woman was in a search party looking for herself she was looking for herself Okay, anyway, I'll stop talking. I had some technical difficulties when I was trying to call Rose on Skype and use the audio hijacker to hijack the audio. Because the funny thing about it is I should have had my computer on mute. So initially, like the first five times I tried to call her, it was just nothing but feedback. I'm really not a techie person, so I'm really sorry about that. And I didn't edit, edit any of it because I don't even edit it when I fuck up myself, like just sitting here. And I could be pretty easy, but I won't. Maybe you should. Okay. All right. So here's Rose and I. Oh, wait, you know what? I'm not going to come back at the end of the show. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do all my housekeeping now. Number one, iTunes reviews. Number two, iTunes reviews. Number three, iTunes reviews. Number four, uh, The Tangent Lounge with Electric Gary and Dory Just Dory. You can find them on their own feed, thetangentlounge.podbean.com. Leave them an iTunes review. Don't be a cunt. And uh, what else? Ron and Beverly. I really enjoy that. Uh, I can't fucking think of anything. Baby Mama's podcast. Listen to them. And I don't know, do some shit. Change of address 69 at gmail.com. If you would like to have one of these chats, a Skype chat, that is open. That is a possibility for you. As long as you don't mind talking to me, which is the problem. And there's a bit of a delay. So there's a couple times when Rose is talking that I just like tap dance all over whatever the fuck she was saying. And it's really obnoxious. But there's just such a delay that it's like hard. Because, you know, you're having it when you have a conversation with someone like we're having right now, because I'm answering for you in my head. Um... It's like instant, like blah, 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 blah. Oh, blah, 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 blah. But like with the Skype, it's like there's a little bit of a delay. So then, you know, ah, anyway, you'll hear it. But I mean, overall, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Except for me tap dancing on her shit. It's pretty good. 
I'll stop talking now. Change of address 69 at gmail.com. That's where you can send your segments in. I have one from Brit I need to get out. Brit. And uh, yeah. Okay, I got to go. Here's Rose and I. Bye. Love you. Call me. Hello? Oh, Jesus Christ on the cross. That was painful. I'm sorry. Did you did you pick up a sledgehammer? I thought about it and I do you hear that? Is there like feedback on your end? No, it's I heard it before and I was gonna ask if I should switch to speaker, but then I realized that would be a nightmare. No, that's good. But you can't hear me like reverberating? No, you're you're fine. Okay. Now I need to ask you how I sound if I need to cough because I inev- inevitably will. So let me do a practice cough. Okay. <coughs> oh, that sounds How's good. That? Nice and phlegmy. I like that. I like that a lot. That sounds really good. You know, I don't want to, I know it's going to be so gross in people's ears. I was, I test memo. Uh, I did a voice memo, like trying to cover the microphones and that made no difference <laughs> either. No, don't, you don't, um, don't worry about it. It'll be great. Okay. Um, so, hey, are we starting? Hi, this is Rose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it took me so long to figure out what the fucking problem was. It's that I didn't have my computer on mute, so it was just feedback. So I'm I'm in there tinkering, trying to figure out what the fucking problem is, and it was like, the feedback was the problem. Not the input, not the output, just the fucking feedback. So that was fun. That was good. Good. Life lesson there, I feel. I feel... Okay, so before this, like, don't worry about it, I'm going to do a whole preamble and explaining what's going on here. So let's just, uh, let's talk about you, you know? Like, let's talk 110% about you. Okay, so should I should I start with my with my little bus story? I can tell you about just because you drive a car. Everybody listening drives to cars. Drive you don't drive two cars. That would be awkward. <laughs> really awkward. Um, that's, oh, sorry. I was thinking about the whole Stephen Wright driveway versus Parkway versus Highway. Anyway, you don't know what it's like to ride the bus, except for you had a little uh, man spread issues when you were in Paris, I believe. Uh, Victoria, but yes, very much. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, in the future, or maybe this time, I'll tell you some good revenge tactics for dealing man spread anywhere. Um, but I thought I would start out with uh, my latest little bus stop incident. Okay, let's hear it. Give her. Okay, so um, I take the, I just start out first. Hi, I'm 52 years old. I've never had a driver's license. I am an American. Um, <laughs> I get a lot of strange looks just with that fact alone. And then add in, oh, I've never had kids. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> so anyway, whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm there at my bus stop, and there's this, this little lady there. And by little lady, like I don't mean she's somebody's wife. She's, she's a midget. She's a, she's <laughs> a blonde, hatchet face. Are you familiar with the term hatchet face? No. It's, it's not an attractive term. Uh, it's more like a 50s and earlier kind of thing, like when you talk about games and battle axes and having a hatchet face. Um, <laughs> they think of somebody who's been smacked in the face with a waffle iron, and so it's like super flat. Okay. Like, like, like I'm a midget that can't help running into walls kind of a face. Um, and so, you know, she was like all like Oompa Loompa, Munchkin Land kind of a thing. Where did you do it? Huh? Was she was she hot? Like, would you? Is she just not at all? She's just hatchet faced, like not at all. No, she's not not as not at all attractive. She kind of like like that like the wife in that was that reality little people show that used to be filmed in, that was filmed in Oregon. 
um, anyway, she's like, she has a hatchet face and she's the same blonde feathered hairdo that she's had since the 70s. <laughs> but, but the main thing is that she was smoking um, because she's really past worrying about the smoking her growth. So, uh, so that's cool. Like, she's a little smoking rigid. That's cool. And I've ridden on the bus with her like a few times. Like this is not my first time seeing the midget lady. And I actually always think of of you and, and another podcaster every time I see her. And I want to take a picture, but I don't want to be an asshole. Right. Um, you know, I want to be an asshole in that way. Um, so, but this is the first time that that I was getting on the bus with her, and I was directly behind her as she was trying to, like, pump her tiny little legs to climb the giant stairs, which are kind of, like, half her size. And I was almost like, why don't you just, like, like, like get a, get a, like, that, that thing that you throw against a rock, uh, like a propel thing. Like, why don't you, like, maybe you should use, or just crawl. Just, like, pull up, use your little arms to, like, because oh, she, she was all upper body. Like, her upper body, the normal size. It was, like, the bottom, the bottom half, it was, like, that's going to give her trouble. Um, so, so she, she climbed on up there and she got, you know, she paid her fare and then I'm getting on like right behind her. So as she's, you know, getting on the bus, I suddenly hear all these people on the bus yelling out, Hey, tiny, hey, tiny, tiny. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, like, like we're assholes. And then, and then she walks towards them because, because they're her friends and tiny is her nickname. <laughs> She's not with a giant black man named Tiny. She's not a giant fat red white man named Tiny. And she's a short hatchet face and Rupa midget munchkin named Tiny. Which is somehow way more offensive, right? Because she's deserving of the name. It's not like uh yeah, she, she she had earned it. It was just, it was surprising because she kind of has this this demeanor of of obviously she's put up with a lot of shit her entire life. And, and I'm sure that when the Warren Zevon song came out, Short People, that was a nightmare for her. Because um, there was an Apollo Note song that uses my original first birth name, um, which is not the name you know me by, nor is it Rose. Um, and everybody in junior high would sing that fucking Apollo Note song at me. So I can't imagine being a midget. So I'm sure everybody sings like fucking, uh, well, they sang the Rupa Rupa song too, I'm sure. When she was in school, and uh, and some yellow brick road stuff, and then they uh, and maybe she was a wrestler. <laughs> maybe that's why her face. Maybe that's why her face is like. Like maybe she's thrown against the wall repeatedly. Anyway, it's not nice for me to talk about people being ugly. I'm no prize. You are. No, you are. I've been. I've been doing some research. <laughs> oh no! Shit. Are you what still? Did you find? Uh, you're lovely. You're lovely. You're a little bit, a little bit fucking weird, but I enjoy that very, very much. Is my yeah. uh, is my stuffed squirrel still on your shelf? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, uh, it's on the left hand side. We walk over to the living room. Hey, let's let's do a tour of Rose's apartment. So my bathroom still smells from my ass earlier. I've got a good shit. I've got a good raw sewage shit story. But um, yes, you're. I'm looking at your squirrel right now. It's not holding the nut anymore, so it just looks like it's a like it's a dinosaur. Like ah, like it has its hands clawed for no particular reason. Um, Where's that yeah, nut? It's, I don't know. It's. I probably have it in a, it might be my tiny metal box with, uh, with teeth because I didn't want to lose it. And I usually, there's my pine cone, there's my teeth. I don't know. 
I'm sure it's in one of my tiny little boxes or somewhere on this weird uh, collection menagerie of stuff. See, I had no choice when it came to that squirrel. It was just given to me, but you opted for taxidermy as like a decorative choice. Yeah, I have I have one, two squirrels. One of them is a is a liquor decanter, like it's a hard solid bottle on the inside, and you unscrew the head, so you could like, yeah, it's so creepy. Like even it was a wedding gift, um, right? Um, and I should add that my ex hates taxidermy, um, but I don't use it because I mean obviously it's it's too beautiful, and it, it really was creepy unscrewing the head. I did it like a week ago or so to see if I wanted to take pictures of it, and it disturbed even me. And I like photograph a lot of roadkill. Um, anyway, <laughs> hey, I like that roadkill among other things. Um, I also have have a conjoined uh, taxidermy duck. Those are always fake, but I don't care. I love conjoined anything. And then I've got an alligator head that's not taxidermy, it's just a head. And then I've got a turtle shell that people gave me those things. And then I've got a little bat. Uh, I've got a little mouse and she wears a little pink dress. And I had a bird that I smuggled some hairs. Oh. I smuggled it through customs. C- congratulations. That's Thank you. <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> Well, I I, uh, I took the advice of my Parisian friends there that I hung out with, and he was like, oh, you just, just tell them it's a toy. They don't notice the difference. Just tell them it's a toy that you're bringing back to your niche. It looks like a charm. It's not dead. It's a toy. Well, it's a dead toy, so whatever. It right? Is. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Oh, and I have a fox. You know, like, you know, bearskin rugs? Yeah. Like, you know, how it's, I have a fox that's like that. I don't know why it was done that way. You know, I just take them as I find them. Beggars can't be choosers when it comes to cheap taxidermy. So, like on a, like a rug, like it's all spread eagle. Yeah, yeah, it's it's spread eagle. Uh, I can send a picture of it to you later because I've got one with my cat napping on it. My <laughs> earlier cat napping. It's 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 an orange tabby, and the fox is orange, so it's like ginger overload. <laughs> Pretty great. Cool. Yeah. So what, what's some background on you? I don't really know all that much about you. Like, I don't know a lot of things. What do you... Tell us about your childhood, Rose. Tell us. Uh, well, you, you and I are part of the dead, dead dad. Uh, the dead dad club. Um, did that sound gross with me drinking water? Hi, everybody. Um, <laughs> so, uh, let's, uh, I'll, just, I'll just hit through a few your childhood highlights. My earliest memory was being trapped, uh, being strapped down uh, for eye surgery and the gas mask being put over my face. Um, I wasn't yet two years old, I don't think. Um, another awesome thing that happened, um, I don't know whatever age it is um, that people learn to walk. People. <laughs> people learn to walk. Um, but my mom always thinks it's funny that I learned to hop on one foot before I learned to walk because she left me upstairs alone at my grandmother's house with steep wooden stairs. You know, they're going to show voices downstairs, and they're not in the crib, and they're going to go check out what's going on, bouncy, bouncy, bounce, bounce, bounce. So that might be where my fear of heights comes from. I love the word consequently. So I was sick. Um, I'll skip all the... Uh, okay, well, kindergarten, I started with an eye patch and glasses, Children were kind. They kept asking if I was blind, if I took off my glasses. 
so to shut them off, I would take off my glasses and walk into a wall. <laughs> and that's the, that's the extent of the realization that humor or fucking with people is the best thing you can ever do. So, um, so yeah, and then when I was six, my dad was diagnosed with lung cancer, and he was in the final stages. Um, anyway, back in 71, 72, cancer shit wasn't, you know, the medical side wasn't all that awesome. Yeah. Um, he still managed to live two years, um, and a lot of that was just, um, he'd always wanted to, like, learn to, to paint or draw as well as play guitar, so, um... When he got his death sentence, he was kind of like, well, what do I want the presents to do this shit? So, you know, he would, like, tuck me into bed, and he would take my classes. And so that's, uh, that's the thing that I've always taken with me when I've had hard times. Like, whoop, better do it while I can. Um, so, yeah, so I watched him, like, wither away and die. Um, sad. Um I already been to two funerals before his, my great grandparents, and those were open casket funerals because we love West Virginia. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do. Um, yeah, half my chin are, are, are so bellies. Um, fucked up. Uh, um, let's see what else. Uh, moved out when I was 17 years old. Wow. Um, I think I've mentioned before. Um, you know that, that your family situation isn't good if you're 17 years old. Uh, I was 17 when I graduated high school. Um, and you move out with only $5 in your pocket, no job experience, and no place lined up to live. Oh, my God. So you, just, so you go into inner city D.C. because that's what you know. And uh, so, yeah, clearly. And, and my mom later would talk about it. It's like, oh, I'm glad I, I let you move out. But, like, no, I didn't contact her until I was 18, so she couldn't, you know, try to have the state playing me as a whatever runaway at 17. So, yeah, it was in really awful neighborhoods. Uh, lots of prostitutes, lots of junkies, lots of syringes on the sidewalks, condoms on the sidewalks, and what we hoped were chicken bones on the sidewalks. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a Popeye's chicken. I, there's, um, you've heard about the red light district in Amsterdam. We've yeah. all heard about the red light district. Um. Well, in 1981, uh, Mayor Barry was smoking crack. Only um, it was only being discussed um, in hush-hush tones. There wasn't a, a case yet to catch him on film. Um, but that kind of explains why the, there was a huge open-air drug market. So you could just walk anywhere, and people were offering love boat, which it turns out is our joints, like marijuana joints, versus PCP. Oh, I, I decided, yeah, I was like, you know, I don't even smoke pot, so maybe not. Maybe not for me. Maybe I want to see the age 18 without, like, serious damage to myself or somebody else. Not that I haven't done severe damage to myself. Um, so, so, yeah, oh, so I like this trick. So besides the, the drugs, there was, like, clean flower sex. Um, like, literally, like, you're walking down the street, and there's, like, you know, the sign on X, X, X. And you look in the window, and there's, like, some half-naked lady just like, hey, you see her? When I come on in, I get a piece of this. Oh, my God. Um, so I saw a lot of that. And it was still a virgin during some of that time. So it's, like, awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's like I look like a badass bitch living in a super scary neighborhood, but I didn't do drugs, and I'm still a virgin. So party on. Yeah. 
Makes sense. I'm, Makes total sense. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I did, did that for a while. And then my first college experience was going to community college in inner city DC, which meant, um, I only knew other, one other white person there. Um, and everybody was nicer to me than the all white schools I had gone to. Um, and for a lot of my fellow students, I was the first white person who'd ever gone into their, their home for a meal. Um, wow. Because for some of the places where they lived, white would have been afraid. Um, and D.C. Um, has kind of has kind of always been like a... I mean, there's been a lot of racial strife there, and there's a lot of really interesting history in all areas. And we're not going to school. Don't worry. I'm not taking you to school in D.C. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Um, it's always kind of treated like it, it runs like South Africa in that the majority of the population, especially then, were of color, um, but the majority of the power force is white. So everybody of color is serving white people, and D.C. doesn't have the same voting rights as every other state in the U.S. does because they're not a state. So they don't, they don't have pure representation in the government either. They, they're because not a state. Because why would you? Um, it's... That's a part of the history that I don't remember how it started. I am going to assume, because of how um, the capital had to move at one point during the Civil War, because, like, burnings and blah, 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 I'm going to guess that it ties to that, okay. in that we don't... Let's not, let's not let an area of too much darkness have too much power. Just like, mm -hmm. um, like in Richmond, the public transportation sucks. Because let's not let Dorothy come out to the wide areas where the jobs are. Oh my so God. we don't have publication. Yeah, yeah. And there's like, like I mean, it's deliberate. Like I've, um, I've a, a German friend there that learned a bunch about Virginia history, and so he actually like, you know, like, oh, here's here's the here's the minutes from the meetings where all this shit was like. It's not a conspiracy. Like boom, um, and in D.C., the people in Georgetown, a super rich neighborhood. Um, they managed to prevent a subway stop opening in the heart of that area because, again, Darkie can't come to our fancy neighborhoods. Oh, my. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super familiar with that. And, and the most fun that I had, and this is like one thing that I missed in Portland because it's so white, but like in D.C. and, and Richmond and even in the Carolinas, most of my friends were of color, and so, like, I could kind of, like, like, they understood in the Dave Chappelle kind of way where I was coming from. They completely understood that I'm making fun of the idea of racism or how people perceive race. Um, and so, like, that was fun, but I can't do anymore. So, anyway, race, 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 race. Um, so, and then I went to regular community college and found out that I was smart, and even though I was wearing a leather jacket with a skeleton painted on the back saying nothing left inside and had big <laughs> pink hair, um, I was straight A's, and my professor invited me to regularly have lunch in the teacher's lounge. Mm. So, so that way the teachers wouldn't be afraid of me, I guess. And and I, I, I don't know if they thought I was smart. Um, and then I went to regular school, and, and like all that time, like I would go to shows and do stage dives, um, if possible before I had an exam because like the night before an exam because that would like calm me down. Um, but yeah, like lots of groups. 
And you're burning off, you're burning off all, all that adrenaline, like, you know, sip of water here, talk, talk, yeah, talk yeah, too no much. Problem. Talk. I, I really want to make sure you cover the whole punk scene, because that's, I'm sure you've got a thousand and one stories about that, whenever, at whatever point you're ready. And see, and that, oh, hang on, I'm going to sound, let me, yeah, uh, I'm going to cough for a second, I'm going to announce that, you can edit me, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, punk scene stuff. Here's the weird thing. I don't, like, how punk rock is, like, say punk rock as viewed from the 3M perspective, if you know what I'm referring to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That has nothing to do with punk rock. Like, what is that? Can a you explain of, that a little bit? Like, you don't have to go into too much like, detail, but... Well, um, the, kind of the easiest way to explain it is people think that they're listening to alternative music, huge umbrella term, just because they're not listening to Britney Spears. And that's not the same as really being into weirdo music. Um, and that's, that's kind of the difference. Like, the people, like 20, 21st century punks, um, tend to be more... We've got our, our five bands that we listen to, or we like this one record label, like Lookout Records or Discord or whatever, and we buy only bands on those labels or they're influenced by those bands. So there's a lot of echo, just like when we hear the same comedians on podcasts, there's a lot of echo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like the same thing over and over again. Oh, oh sorry. Don't I worry about it. talking about my best. Um, which spoke to the, of the first first wave of it, um, we just like weirdo music. Like, like, there was nothing like that. Like, the first time I heard the Sex Pistols, I was washing the dishes after school. There was this total weirdo radio station. The Sex Pistols were still doing their U.S. tour, which they ended up disbanding during and didn't finish the tour. It was a live track from that tour, and I swear to God, I was like, what the fuck is this noise? And I listened to like, I listen to Bowie, Spark, like, other weirdo stuff. But the was just like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, oh, I hope they play more. And, and some, like, you would read band interviews, and they would talk about musicians and artists. So it's like, you know, I'm reading Sartre at age 17 um, because my favorite, you know, like, one of my favorite musicians might have talked about them. Um, and the, the, the variety of music tends to be, tends to be more varied. Um, like I listen to a lot of jazz. Sun Ra is my favorite in the world. I have certain bands that are kind of like the litmus test that if I have, I think I would have friends over for Scrabble if it was like some guy who thought like he knew everything about music and like he like knew the coolest and weirdest stuff that blew everybody's mind. Um, I would have like, I would either put on Sparks or Sun City Girls couple of other bands to see if, it, if they knew what it was, if it drove them out of the room. And most of the times they were 21st century music fans. They just were like, oh, I don't know, this isn't 182. What is, ah. you know, this isn't Devo. <laughs> Devo are awesome. I love Devo, by the way. Um, so so I, like, I was able to express a lot of that more and follow it more in depth as a punk rock person, I guess, because that was the music community that I could directly be involved with, and they weren't trying to get me drunk or do drugs, and so socially it was also really nice. Um, 
but my views in terms of being really well read in terms of politics, in terms of um, pursuing literature, really being into art, and listening to other weird and music was kind of already there for me. So uh, I probably didn't explain it well at all. Like I, like I would go to dodo shows, which people don't know what the fuck dodo is, and I'd be like, well, here's me and I swore the white friends. Oh, look, somebody's getting shot and killed at the show, and now we have to suddenly exit. Oh. oh, I wasn't at a punk show. <laughs> I wasn't at a punk show. <laughs> so, okay. Let me back up. We all know what rap is, right? Yes. Children, we all know what rap music is. Now, are you familiar with the world of funk? Let's say, Lying the Family Stone. No idea oh what that God. is, but I'm really white. Are you kidding? Oh, children. Oh, I know, I'm going to funk that album. Okay, funk. Other people there might know what funk is. Just but I don't listen to find the Family Stone song. It's it's more joyous sounding than what we're used to hearing with with how rap evolved. Go-Go music is kind of the, the, the middle ground. Go-Go existed pre-hip-hop and pre-rap. It's closer to hip-hop than rap, and that's more positive. And it's a lot of call and response, like we'll have in black churches. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it's a lot of that, and um, and it's very participatory in the audience, and it's awesome. Um, and there's a couple of shows where, um, in fact, at that show, we had a hardcore band opening. We started, like, booking shows to get Trouble Funk and punk bands playing together because we loved that music. Um, like, the only, the only white people in D.C. that liked it were us punks, I guess, or whatever, us weirdos. Um but at that show, yeah, we were suddenly like told that we had to all file out and exit. This one woman was really pissed at me because she thought her man was trying to chat me up. And I'm like, well, like, I'm, I'm too skinny for that. I'm 98 pounds and had no abs. Trust me, that was not happening. And we found that afterwards um, that somebody had been shot and killed in the venue one of the roadies of Trouble Funk, his sister had been raped by this guy Ooh. who showed up. And so he got shot and killed. I'm like, yes! Hopefully the guy didn't serve any time for it. But, yeah. yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So, I've been So, yeah, I've been around a lot of guns and stuff, too. I can tell you why I don't own guns. Anyway. Uh, so there's, there's, there's some punk rock, I guess. Uh, I'm taking another sip of water. Do you have any like claims claims to fame with these guys, like a popular band that you like, I don't know, help them move or wash their car or set them up with a place to sleep or let them sleep on your floor? Oh yeah, well, I mean, it's they they won't be known to a lot of people. Three M would know this band, I would hope, unless he's a total fucking idiot. They're Canadian for one thing and they're awesome. They've been around for almost thirty years, but there's this band called No Means No. Um, that I first was a, was just a fan of. And what I used to do, like, back in the 90s, I taught myself HTML and Dreamweaver just so I could do an online website as an excuse to interview people that I thought were interesting. Like, there's this guy that um, rode his unicycle all around dressed in pink, and he was a pink man. So, uh, <laughs> oh, my God, that's the whole thing. Um, so that's how I ended up getting to know No Means No. I would interview them, and then they stayed at my place back east. I was living back there for a tiny bit of time. And then here in 
Portland, and I would go on tour with them and stay with them, and they wanted me to be their merch girl. But I couldn't take a month off from work to go on tour. Which is a bummer. It's kind of it's exhausting, but but fun. Like I, I think the longest time I've spent on the road with them was maybe like seven to ten days. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's weird seeing like because like they would alternate between between sets. Like there was like we'll do set A this night, tomorrow night set B, next night set A. Um, it's just kind of, it's interesting to see that process. Um, trying to think who else. Well, Henry Rollins. Duh. I mean. What. He was, he was working at Hagen Dawes when, when I knew him. I always liked him more, more than Ian. Ian McKay is, I guess, somebody people know. He's saying Sissy Gazi. I knew him more from Minor Threat, but yeah. Uh, there's a book called Band in D.C. that's back in print again that has a bunch of photos that I took and quotes of me. And then there's a picture of me as a contributing photographer. And I've had photos using a bad brain record compilation. Uh, Dave Gold did an, uh, a music series, I think, for HBO, where he would go to each city and like talk about that city sound. And since, of course, he's from D.C., because he was in the band screen, he sucked, before he's in Nirvana, <laughs> sidetrack, sorry. <laughs> okay, this, let me just say that I'm a real snob about bands, and even if you're my boyfriend in a band, I will tell you if I hate your band, and I can tell you clearly why, and then say... But I'm glad you're enjoying it because I'm a cunt. Um, <laughs> Springing, spring, I, I never dated anybody in Spring, but whenever they played, I would always hear things that, that it sounded like they were ripping off. So I would sit there with my friend who has the awesome name of Alexander Sterling Bourgeois, um, <laughs> and I would sit there and just play name that tune. And like, like as to each song, I would find two or three songs within that song and just start rattling it off. Is you like last so anyway. Um, so Dave Grohl, um, his HBO series, um, somebody contacted me about some photos of mine and bands in DC. So I got paid three hundred bucks, and they used a couple of my photos. Cool. I had photos on HBO. I've sung live for hundreds of thousands of people on the radio, not on purpose. Ah, let's see. Did you think Nirvana was cool before Nirvana was cool? Yeah, actually, um, I, such a, um, I, I like them very, very much. Yeah, when I was, um, hang on, at the sip of water. Sing a Nirvana song, go. Um, uh, you don't want me to do that. It's not, it's not pretty. It, it would not be. Pretty. Yeah, well, well, that's how I ended up singing, singing on the radio. Like, oh, fuck. I have to think of a song I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, because um, uh, I, I had this really good friend back in Richmond, which is when they started hitting. Um, and they just had singles. Um, and so my friend, the, the big album hadn't come out. The first album had come out. And so my friend is the kind of person where he just like listens to something over and over and over again. So it's like when you get in his van to go do anything, you know, oh, he's in this phase. And so Nirvana was the way he played. And, and I knew that they had buzzed. And, and I'm a cunt, so I was already reactionary against them. They like, suck. People like them. I'm an asshole. <laughs> um, and so I was like, oh, I like this. He's this. Oh, this. And he's funny. He's like, why don't you fucking admit it? You like Nirvana. you like Nirvana. But I also really like Hole at the time. Um, they just had like, like a single come out or an EP come out around the same time. Um, and I really, really liked their, their first couple of records. 
but I still think she has a great rock and roll voice. Um, and I'm sorry that her mental illness isn't under control. And I'm not saying that pejoratively. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yes, I did like Nirvana before they hit. And yeah, I do actually remember where I was when I found out that he blew his brains out. Um, so yeah. Where were yeah, you? yeah, yeah. Uh, I was working in a bookstore um, in Oakland uh, before I got held up at gunpoint. Okay. And, okay. <laughs> Okay, when you're done the first one, go to the second one here. I, the, okay, go ahead. I'm listening. I'm listening. Um, so, so yeah, my um, my boyfriend at the time also worked there, but he was at home, and, and he called me. And um, he's not one to be super demonstrative with with emotions for strangers, uh, let alone cared loved ones. <laughs> but he was like, he was really busted up about it. So that's kind of like how I found out. And, um, like, you know... And we kind of like we followed it on the on the news and reading about it, but we were living in Berkeley, and we had like no interest to like let's go up to Washington and see what the fuck's going on because we kind of we both kind of think all that's morbid and and gross and disrespectful. Look at me, so self righteous. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you one more example of my self righteousness, and then if you want to talk about probably I'll at gunpoint that can get piqued your interest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> okay, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> Look, I was assaulted in another robbery. What? You don't want to talk about that just because a gun wasn't involved? Well, we can talk about all of them. Uh, I've, got, I've got an hour and a half all to myself. Awesome. Um, so, oh, so the self-righteousness. <clears throat> so we all know Bowie died, right? <laughs> News alert, David Bowie died. And I loved all the references that were made in a certain podcast. So I, got, um, I got every single lyric and song title reference that was done during the podcast after he died on the 40-year-old show. I'm too the they, they all went right mm-hmm. past me. I missed every single yeah. one. I'm sure of it. I, I, yeah, no, I, I, there were years as a, as a preteen and teenager where I just like lived and breathed David Bowie, among other things, but. Like I, I mean, posters, like huge movie poster for, um, for, uh, man who fell to earth movie, but like just like bonkers, crazy, like knew everything. And it was like the perfect stepping stone, um, from like 70 stuff that I liked and into punk rock and other weirdo music. So anyway, um, so he died, <laughs> he died and, um, and a friend of mine who I've tried to hang out with him and his wife for like two years since I've been here. Um, contacted me the day after he died and said, hey, we're going to music trivia night tomorrow night. Would you like to go? And I was like, fuck yeah, because I've been waiting for like all this time to go with them. Like I've mentioned, I'd love to go to trivia night with you sometime. And he's like, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a ride to and from. And I'm like, awesome. Like, should I, is there anything that I should know before I go? And he was like, well, it's going to be, be it's, it's really hard. And it should all be about Bowie tomorrow night. And I thought about it. And I'm like, am I, am I being a cunt? Being offended by this? Because I make that mistake a lot, thinking that I'm wrong and being offended. <laughs> and um, into the next day, I was like, yeah, that's right, I can't make it. Because I, I don't like to know the term ringer. I had to explain it to my psychiatrist and my therapist. I'm sure that raises more questions. Um, but, but do you know in like sports terms what a ringer is? Yes, someone who's very, very okay. good but doesn't look like they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
or is, or is brought in at the last minute to replace somebody who sucks. And so there, yeah. So I was being brought in as a ringer, and I was like, yeah, so I can't make it. I think it, but when the self righteousness comes in, besides just like hating people for being shitty, um, <laughs> if I found it, if I found it really gross because I, I went to the bar's website. I'm not a drinker. I'm a pot person, but I'm not a drinker. And and we'd be competing for free happy hour for a year, and I'm like, <sighs> that's so disgusting to turn anybody's death into a game where you can win free booze for a year. Oh, I, I disagree. I, I wholeheartedly disagree. I think that would be wonderful. But I think if you want it for them, they should have to buy you whatever a month, like a quarter a month. I don't even really know how pot measurements go anymore. But Yeah, no, it's, a, it's, it's weird living in a place where, like compared to Virginia, and pot and here in pot, and even when I lived in California in the 90s, like every single bus smells like weed, which is good, kind of, because I hate the smell of perfume, and it does dull out the mysterious question of did he did that homeless guy shit his pants or is it a fart? And we're all looking at each other, wondering which it is, but none of us will move away. Usually, that's masked. <laughs> I'm not kidding about that one either. It's, it's usually masked um, pretty well by weed, but it's like I love. I mean, I enjoy it very much, legally, um, and actually medicinally before that, because everything that I use it for medicinally was diagnosed back east, and not fake. Does that mean um, it's free? Like, is it covered by Medicare no, or whatever? No, that's what, that, that's what sucks. Um, I'll, I'll drop a little bomb of high on mental. Um, I prefer that term to, like, mental illness, mental health, fuck it, I'm mental. That's, like, the great European term. And it's perfect because it like covers a variety of ways of being mental. Um, I haven't worked since August 2014, and I'm never going to be able to work full time again. I'll be lucky if I can work part time, um, which all sounds very serious, and it sucks. Um, so uh, my rent, like short term, my rent is like $900 a month. My my income is 13, almost 1,400 a month. Oh. Um, yeah, I, and I don't have family to ask for help from. Um, I don't have a fan base <laughs> to ask for help from. Yet. <laughs> uh, I haven't done, I've, I've, at Christmas time, on my Facebook page, I, I posted a link to Amazon, but if anybody wanted to get me a gift card, because I would use it for cat litter and cat food and that kind of thing. And that's horrible to have to do that. It's horrible. Um, and I haven't had the nerve to go um, um, to get a food boxes yet, because um, you can get free food. But back to your question about pot. Now, to pay for it medicinally, you have to pay for a license. Um, every year to get it. It's it's cheaper if you're on food stamps, which I only get $40 of that now because at $16,000 a year, I'm no longer living at the federal poverty level, which is $11,000 a year. So because that extra, whoa, that's why I have extra money. I lost, uh, I don't get much in food stamps. Um, my medication is free. My doctor's appointments are free. Um, but, but pot I have to pay for if it's 
um, the medicinal side, which is why I renew, paid the money to renew my card, um, is tax-free. The retail side that just started up this summer, I guess, I don't remember exactly when the retail side started, but the tax, 25% tax, is on the retail side um, starting in January, um, which I'm, I'm fine with. Like, I think cigarettes should be taxed the fuck out of. I think booze should be taxed the fuck out of. Um, but if it's on the medicinal side, and and I research the fuck out of strains, and I've re- like I I research the fuck out of anything basically, um, and stuff that I would that like I have fast acting anti anxiety meds, but they're gonna put me to sleep. And I'll take them if I'm having like a hysterical episode where I have to like unplug all of my fans in the summer that are running because I'm so afraid I'm going to throw water into them because I'm having that crazy impulse. What? Hey. <laughs> what a random, what a random impulse! Why do you want to do that? <laughs> um, because I fucking hate the summer, and I was really angry. It's the only thing that I can think of. Um, there's there's so many non explanations for my brain. So I can take a fast acting thing like that, which is free, but I, I'm not a huge fan of pills, and we don't know the long-term effects of some of those either. Mm-hmm. Um, or I can take a couple of, you know, bong hits or eat a pot candy or something, and I know exactly how it's going to affect me, and I know exactly how much, like what minimal... I need to smoke where I'm, I have the edges are smooth and I can kind of like step back from the situation, but I'm not going to fall asleep and be numb. And that's what's very frustrating. That's what's very frustrating is that you can have any pharmaceutical in the world that you want for free. If you could have access to that, do you think you could work full time again? Oh, I do have access to it. Um, but no, I have um, among among a huge clusterfuck of, of of the worst of nature and nurture. My my family DNA is horrible when it comes to mental health, and I've had a ton of shit experiences. I can make anything seem like a funny story or whatever, ideally, because that's the best way to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But when you have you seen the movie uh, Inside Out? Yes. Okay. Imagine if Sad never had a friend named Joy. And if imagine if Sad's only best friend was anger. And that whole thing of of if you if you can't have positive memories and they start like you like you, everything just starts just dying out because it's getting like consumed, like that part of the movie. And and that's kind of what it's like for me. Um so the workplace has also been a lot of, it's not just violence, but a lot of intimidation, a lot of bullying. Um, it's kind of like the worst situation that, that I could be in. Um, was it blue collar? Not, mm-hmm. Was it, you're white collar though, aren't you? Like, Yeah, but, but, you know, so you can, you can still have a job or one of your, one of the people that you're supposed to be supervising, they don't want a supervisor that isn't the overall manager that put me in the position. He said it's me, and he, when I would go up to his desk to get his work or whatever, he would never turn around and face me. 
And when he was asked about it, he said it was because I was hard on the eyes. <sighs> and so what that spiraled into was having a bunch of kumbaya conversations, and I was supposed to under, understand that it was a cultural difference. And, and let's all hug it out. Oh, come on. Let's, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That was the first job I had after getting held at the gunpoint and, and being unemployed um, for a while there, too. So I could teach myself computer skills and, and, and get that sweet, sweet office job. And then, like, not only did he do that with me, but I was friends with this guy there. We would go see shows together and hang out and stuff. And this guy would like, you know, like when you walk past somebody and you do that like shoulder thug thing, mm-hmm. he would he would do that. <laughs> awesome. You can you can get away with the worst fucking shit in, in a workplace. It's, yeah, it's awful. It's awful. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's um, mainly because when I'm, I always feel safe on my friends. Um, I won't go out by myself if I'm feeling thin-skinned. In other words, if I worry that I'm going to suddenly have leaky eyes for no rational reason except I thought something or I thought somebody was making a joke and, and I feel hurt or like the day ends in why my eyes are watering. Or if I feel like really temperamental, like, yeah, like that next car that like pulls fully into the crosswalk and I can't use that crosswalk, like, I will hit them with something. I better stay home. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. <laughs> I, for, 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 like, again, I'll tell you a punk rock story. Um, back in, in D.C., in Georgetown, a fancy place, which is where Henry worked at the Hagen Dogs, and then Ian, um, Ian worked there, too, and then other folks worked at the record store there. But anyway, this big fancy part of town, Apples, but pull up and block the crosswalk and so my friends in their combat boots and chains and everything climbed up and walked across the front of the car and off. I was like, that's appropriate. That is appropriate. Um, so, so, yeah, like I have, um, I have volatile anger issues. And that's okay. Um, and, but I've never hurt people. Um, but I've done a real number on myself. I've, 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 I got close enough and too successful to suicide attempt that I woke up uh, in the intensive care unit. What happened? Uh, pills. Okay. <laughs> who, like, who found you, though? Pills, decatheter. Um, this is awful. <laughs> this is awful. Let me keep um, I was my, my, my then boyfriend at the time. I think I've referenced him before, the, the white boy with threads who had to get a nice big suit can of a dick, which is the only reason why I stayed with him. Right. Yes. Familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all know the suit can dick. Um, he was there in my apartment. And I honestly, I mean, I had tried with, with pills before, but never like with strong pills. And I think that, that part of why this happened was I was also in a high dose of, of prednisone, steroids steroids for my sinuses and asthma. Um, and steroids aren't, aren't good for the brain. They're, they're not. And especially if you have a stupid, fucked up brain. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I overdosed and my boyfriend came into the living room and found me. We'd argued, you know, like, oh, I'm a child. I'm going to overdose. And then in my 30s, that's a smart thing. Like, everybody does that. Like, when they're past 19, right? Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, 
And, and of course, I, I don't remember any of that. What she did, instead of calling an ambulance, is she went around the corner to the to the cafe that, that all of us hung out in um, to see if anybody there had a car and could drive us to the hospital. Why? He, first, he said he was worried about the money of it. I was like, that makes no sense. And then the other thing he said, he was a total, a total activist, but like a dumb one. Again, she panned it. Um, <laughs> and she, she, she didn't want to deal with the man. Wow. Fucking horrible piece of shit. Oh, he's also who I went to London and Paris with for a month after, after we broke up. Yeah, another story. I'm cute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what happened at the hospital? Did they pump your stomach like in the movies? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and it did. It's, it was... It was, like, it was a weird thing to wake up. It's like you wake up in a science fiction environment because it's like it's, it's all circular and then there's like the nurse's station in the middle and then all of the, the ICU people are in, are in little sections like going around that whole big, big circle. So yeah, they, I guess they put my stomach. Um, I woke up with a catheter in me. So apparently that happened. <laughs> Had one of those. Great. Um, and then the next day somebody, oh, I should also say that um, a lot of awful stuff had been going on at work. But the reason I was on such high doses of prednisone is the building was filled with mold. Nobody wanted to take responsibility for it. I was, a lot of us were getting sicker and sicker. I was coughing and blowing my nose so much that my boss asked if I could go to the bathroom every time I did that, and I suggested we just move my desk in there. <laughs> so that had also happened. Yeah, that had also happened. Um, and so, you know, Next day, when I wake up, it's like the the nurse is like, "Have you done this before? Are you can do it again." So I'm just like, "What brought this on?" Blah blah blah, and and then having to be awake for the catheter being pulled out. The weird feeling. You probably yeah. Didn't you have one of those for some of your weirdo gyno shit, baby stuff? You never had a catheter? Oh yeah, no, I did once. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Did you feel weird for you awake and pulled it out? Say that again. Sorry. Were you awake when they pulled it out of you? Yes. It, it feels like weird but satisfying. Anyway, um, so yeah, and, and I was released the next day, and then the day after that I went to work, and I was like, oh, an ex-suicide. And I should also mention that by that time, one of my coworkers had blown his brains out in the office. Oh, that's very convenient <laughs> for the cleanup. Very thoughtful. I know. I know. Who has to he clean that up? Maintenance. There, actually, actually, there are there are special um, teams that come in because like I read an article or a book by someone who tried to have like she did experience with a bunch of different jobs, and it's it's kind of like a hazmat thing. Like there are special crews sent in. It, it wasn't our janitorial service. <laughs> oh, okay, so they were like, hey, Rose, grab yeah. a mop. Funny story. Yeah, no, no. I was like, I've got the Windex. No, yeah, no. <laughs> it wasn't going <laughs> um, So, yeah, I, I don't know why we spiraled off to this. Why I don't work. Um, yeah, so, um, in fact, I also, and I'm also going through the thing of, like, seeing which meds work. I've been doing this for, like, over 30 years. I'll, uh, I'll give you a couple of 
the SI time, I'll give you my first two therapy examples, super quick because they're super short. Sure. The first therapist I went to see, it was after that boyfriend, like Rachel, 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 Rachel. And he, of course, drove me to, to run a smart girl. Um, you will later date somebody who will not call an ambulance. Um, <laughs> uh, let's just say that my mom dated a lot of bad men and that I had to deal with them as a preteen and a teen. Yeah. Let's just say that you learn some things about bad patterns. So, um, <laughs> oh, so the first therapist, it was, at DC, it was at the D.C. General Hospital. Do you know where General Hospital is? It's like where all of us poor people go that can't go anywhere else. Oh. And so it can be pretty scuzzy and sketchy. Um, and so she asked me if I was trouble, in trouble with the law. And I said no. And she asked if I had trouble with drugs. No. If I had trouble with alcohol. No. Well, maybe you just need to get right with God. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for that session. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. That's, that's, that's 1982. And in the 90s, you know, progress. Um, I was seeing a male counselor, one of the few male counselors that, that I've seen. And he suggested that I just um, do more housework, but get, get more engaged in my domestic duties. A lot of women find satisfaction in that in, in 1993. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, like, and I'm like, I'm not even taking any physical cues from my parents, sir. <laughs> like, oh, like, I have safety color orange. Think about that, sir. Um, so, yeah, sometimes therapy sucks. I've had horrible side effects and behaviors under bad medication, um, in, including when the whole fan stuff this summer was going on. Um, so there's a lot of that to deal with, too. Um, I can present myself very well, like I'm doing now. Um, Amen. Yes, yes. But like a bunch of the segments that I've never done, it's because I've done them so often in my head that I, that I haven't done them because I've done them all in my head. And before doing this, I was walking around, pacing my living room and patting my belly. Oh, why not? <laughs> sure. I can't really do that in work when someone's being a dick. And, and, I, and it really was getting to the, I mean, I talked about, like, how horrible it was in South Carolina um, with the bullying and shit that went on there. And it was getting to the point by the time I was in Richmond where it's like, I won't take shit from any man that I have to work for. And I would really be at the point where it's like, I'm not going to hurt anybody. I'm not like that kind of PTSD, mm-hmm. among other things, in my diagnosis pattern. Um, but I would be a mouthy-ass bitch. And I will scare the fuck out of you with my verbal rage. I do not need to pick up and hurt anybody because I can scare the crap out of you. I can see that. And that's, yeah, it's, it's no fun. You know, it's, it's not, it's not good as it's, it's especially weird as a female to have best friends tell you, I never want to see you angry. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, I, I did carve up all my mom's bedroom furniture when I was nine because I was pissed that she was you know, engaged six months after my dad died. <laughs> Maybe you don't want to piss me off. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mental yeah. note. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm loyal to a fault and keep bad people in my life longer than I should because I will worry that I'm overreacting because I am such a temperamental bitch. So 
that's why we're not going to the Bowie thing. It's a huge victory. But you could have parlayed that into, you know, weed or money. You need, you need, no, is a manager. No, I, no, I, I, like, I had thought about it long enough, like, I get to get dressed up and go out for a change at night, because I don't do that by myself anymore, like I used to. It sucks. Um, so that's fun. And I'll probably get like a free meal. I don't drink, so I'll get a free soda. But also just the way that couple relates to each other. And I was like, and I was describing it to that same ex-boyfriend that told me about Nirvana, who visited me this past year. Why not have a boyfriend from 25 years ago come visit? What happens there? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Do you guys bang or not? Huh? Did you bang or not? No, no, okay. no. Um, because I have no bangable, I have no, there's, there's nothing down there that wants to bang, because I'm so banged up right now, that at least I'm smart in that regard. Um, and I'm just, I'm just burnt on men, but he's a, he's a very wonderful person, and we would have every reason in the world not to be friends with each other. Um, but we both also know that we have every reason in the world to still love each other. Um, and so even after we broke up, like he was like, I was the one that stopped contact with him, stopped contact with him. Um, Cause that was my best way to move on and date. But he would like write me nice letters. He's just like a super nice supportive guy. He's the kind of guy who doesn't man spread. He's the kind of guy that, <laughs> that, 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 if he even takes his seat, he's on the lookout for every person that comes on board and offers up his seat. He's just, he, he is a good person. He's a very nice person. Um, he's super attractive as far as I'm concerned too. Um, and, and, and he, he's living in Virginia, um, again. Um, and, you know, he loves coming out here for Amsterdam visits. So he visited friends in Seattle and then squeezed in a couple of days down here at the last minute. And then I think he's going to try to come out again this spring for a longer period of time. So that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I also never, I I live under the assumption that nobody would find me attractive. I live under Um, that assumption as well. I think it's a healthy assumption because it's worse to be the other way. Assuming everybody can't possibly live without you. But like you, I, I think you didn't even mention that somebody would kind of have to club you over the head and drag you into the cave to say like, I find you attractive. Yeah. We want you, we drag you in the cave, which sounds stalkery, but you know. But still somehow kind. You know, I really appreciate yeah. the, the sentiment behind the clubbing, yeah. the bludgeoning and yeah. perhaps rape. You know, it's really kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. But, um, I, I like when uh, when he was here because like I'm so used to like peeing with the door open or showering with the door open or, or whatever, and so I said like yeah I'll I'll make sure and like remember to to close the the door when I'm showering like like nobody needs to see this and that or something. And he was like well that's your choice not mine. Like, oh I had no idea. And I was like yeah it is my choice. Shut the door. <laughs> that door and go, I'm so smart. I'm so smart not to fuck up our friendship. And I'm not interested. But, um... That's okay. You know what? No pressure. There's always this spring to ruin the friendship if you choose, you know? 
Yeah, I still was. I guess like, I'm really happy about it because I know how, I'm I'm not doing it because I know how twisted I would get, and so I don't want to feel that twisted. But if we were in a situation where it would make sense for him economically and emotionally to not live in Richmond, I would completely offer up to live with him again like we did in Berkeley with very clear rules. He's the only person I could imagine ever living with at all. It'd be nice to split that rent. Like, how much of a percentage is that of your earnings? uh, Well, I only have $400 left to pay credit card debt that I've accumulated and to pay for food and toilet paper and electricity and internet. I'm basically running it close to $1,000 in debt every month, and I'm going to run out of that ability to do it. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I joke about like, hey, I'm not homeless today, and that's not going to happen anytime soon. Um, that's why I'm. That's a huge part of me not working. Also, is to keep my since I have no one else in this world. Like I need to be the healthiest that I can be to like take care of myself. Everybody kind of needs to take care of like physically and mentally and stuff. Um, what's going with that? God damn it! Too much coffee. <laughs> um, oh, 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 homeless thing. Yeah. So basically, just like kind of avoid that. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna vol- start volunteering at a local um, garden park because I'm everybody's grandma. Oh, I can't wait. I'm gonna volunteer at the Crystal Springs Water Garden Garden. Me and old ladies. Me and my dog Martin boots, colored weeds. Um, <laughs> So we'll see how that goes, like dealing with strangers in a safe environment. Um, and I also might do volunteering a mentor program with uh, with other mentors who've like maybe spent a week in a mental ward or overnight in a mental ward so they didn't hurt themselves. Um, so I might pair up and do like some um, volunteer stuff with that too, since I've got plenty of experience in my belt. Um, and then depending on how that kind of stuff goes. Ideally, I could find some way to work part-time because um, I can earn $1,000 a month and not lose my disability. Sweet. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't want to... And that's what's frustrating. It's because I can present myself really well because I'm very careful about how I present myself. It can look like, well, why can't she work? And I'm like, well, you're seeing me for 2% of the time. You know, it's it's kind of like when, when you're on disability, it's like, well, why can't you do all this? It's like, because this huge, significant part of my body can't. Yeah. It doesn't matter that my feet still work. That means nothing except I can get to the bathroom. doesn't mean I can work. So, yeah, yeah. And it could be a huge risk working full-time and losing disability and having to wait another year for an income. Like, I, I had to wait almost a year before I had any disability income. So I was draining my savings. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it's stressful. And, you know, stress is good for being a mental. <laughs> it all kind of just mixes and swirls. and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my life is a party. But it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, no time like the present. Might as well do, learn how to do some paintings, learn how to play guitar. Setting up those things like my dad, but that's why I do creative stuff like as much as I can. Whatever. How did Whatever. you uh, How did you fall into photography? How did that How did that come about? Okay, first, let me see the sip of water. Yeah, oh. sure. 
Take your time. Take your time. By the way, I'm drinking this out of a plastic uh, mason jar cup. I just had to share that with you because I, I know you feel about the mason jars. The garbage, you mean? The garbage? I didn't even get a mason jar. My mom gave me coffee in an old jar that held coffee that had like the screw top. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Like a like, taster's I, 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 choice? All right. Yeah, it, well, I mean, people used to drink out of, out of jelly jars all the time. Like, that was totally a thing that people would drink out of jelly jars. Because, like, in World War II and shit, glasses, glass is expensive. So right, but it's 20, it, it was 2013. It's the first century, yeah. No, you're right, how, you're right. How, well, how, how, old, how old is, uh, is, is Mama Sanchez Luigi? She's, fuck, she's 72? I think she's okay, 72. So she's a, okay, so she's, she's a little bit younger than my mom. Okay. Yeah, so I kind of like to understand the generational thing. But I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm sitting on so, on a sofa that I got at the curb. <laughs> what you know what? I, whatever, man. To each his own. It just made me mad because it's like you have all these coffee cups, and yeah. you have all these mugs, right, and all these glasses, even, and you chose to like why? Why the fuck would anybody choose to drink out of this? I don't understand. <laughs> Why? It, it, because it, it, it's like she, she she sees you pulling up in the driveway and she goes, Oh, oh I need to serve us something to drink. Where's the recycle bin? Let me pull yeah, like, the recycle she, bin. Did she rinse it out? I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like, what the fuck, dude? Like why why would you serve me out of garbage? I just don't fucking understand. But I told her that um I told the story to a few friends and they all thought I was being a total bitch. And she's like, Bitch of me or bitch of you? And I said, Bitch of me, and she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah, you are a fucking bitch. And now everyone you know who's friends with you has taken my side. And she was very proud of herself. She actually uh, also told me, uh, I went to go see her yesterday, and she asked me how much a pack of cigarettes was here. And I don't really know, but I think it's between 15 and 16. Or maybe you can get a cheap brand for 12 bucks, but somewhere up around 16 is the highest. And she's like, wow, that's a lot of cigarettes. And I said, what do you want to know about how much cigarettes are? And yeah. she's like, she's like, because I want to take a cigarette and shove it in my vagina and smoke it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then the next, was she being hilarious? Like, was she like, was she being funny, haha? Or was she just like, hey, I, I saw this, well, she saw was this kinda... on YouTube and thought I'd give it, give it a crack with the finish. That's terrifying. That she would even, first of all, think to look that up. Like, how did she come up with that? I don't know. Maybe like she can't use YouTube. She doesn't know how. <laughs> But, uh, like, yeah. she uses the iPad as a mirror when my sister has it at her house. She thinks it's a mirror. Um, That's and then the other thing she did was uh, we were sitting around talking or whatever, and um, I can't remember what I said about Sarah, but she was like, she was like, yeah, I'm going to push her down the stairs <laughs> because she's pregnant. <laughs> I thought, wow. And then she started laughing and I was like, you are fucked up. Like, that's where I get it from. I'm going to push your wife down the stairs so she has a miscarriage. And I was like, okay, great. This has been a good talk. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. You know where you get your humor from. That's cool. Yeah. From a really, really crazy smoke-filled vagina. That's where, that's where I got it from. So that's good. That's good. So, so all this time that you've referred to your mom's vagina, have you been picturing it in, in your head? Let's all just think about Sanchez's mom's vagina smoking hot right now. I've seen it too many times. She oh. is not a demure woman. She, it's like, could you put some fucking pants on? 
Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know what I mean? It's like broad daylight. It's not a very flattering light. You know, yeah. a photographer, you'd know. Yeah, even even my, like, hillbilly grandmother that, like, my mom was raised with an outhouse and squirrel was a viable meat option. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> seriously. Um, but, the, but the worst that I've seen her is, like, wearing, like, that sheer nightgown where you're just seeing the huge giant boobs climbing against each other. Ugh. Like with the equivalent of, of, of testicles just like clang, clang, clang with the trolley with her boobs. <laughs> and but she always had underwear on that I saw, but she would tell me that that I should take mine I should sleep without underwear because they you shouldn't have any elastic, any constriction around you. But I've never seen, I've never been flashed any badge from my grandma or my mom, and now I'm feeling left out. Well, I could, uh, I could arrange to have a, a visit if you wanted. We could probably Skype that, because she's not oh, ashamed. Yeah. I really wish she were more ashamed. She taught me to be ashamed, but somehow in her old age, she's like, eh, I'm old. It's like a Trump card. Eh, I'm old. What are you going to do? Well, that's, that's, that's how I feel, and... This will be too long to get, get into because I know you want to talk about photography. You don't, but I have to say. But um, with, with all my uh, revenge tactics from ranch bread on the bus, I can only get away with it because I'm white and dumpy and old, which is great. And, and as an unemployed person, you're <laughs> um, certifiable. I've got that documentation. I really could go out and do the biggest asshole and like not violent, but just verbally just be the biggest cunt in the world if I wanted to have <laughs> no repercussions. I can run. That's awesome. And, um, it is. It is. I so almost knocked this guy's laptop off of his lap on the bus yesterday when he wouldn't give up his seat um, for an old lady. But it's just like, it made me excited because I just sat there and thought about next time I'll be prepared and I know exactly how I can swing my bag to accidentally hit a screen and it'll <laughs> land on the bus floor. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, hitting cars, baby stuff. Fuck that. I'm going for a laptop on the bus floor. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. I will. Serves him right. I don't care. Well, because I also have like one of those bus passes that that says you're like a like you suck, like you're either over sixty five or like a fucking disability tardo. So you get cheaper bus rate, but it also guarantees a seat. So that yeah. So if somebody also gets a, I can yeah computers. I just ah who uses a laptop wide open on a bus? Like wouldn't you worry about? It's a fucking Mac. Like all it takes is one. One sudden break, which for some reason does happen when you drive, um, have it go flying. So, or like okay. two drops of water will ruin an entire fucking MacBook. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if you know. I don't usually bring up in the slum when I cough. Coughing is used for another form of vengeance on the bus. Anyway, we'll skip this. <laughs> so you wanted to ask about about the picture taking, or, or should yes. we stop here? No, no. Let's talk about the picture taking, and then the held up by gunpoint, and then we'll wrap it up, because that'll be a nice, long, juicy show. Okay. I'm going to take my phone battery. Well, I don't think I can without pushing a button and fucking up. I think we're good. Okay. Um, so, the picture that I emailed to you um, with with me and the, and the shoes at the bus stop, that's not an example of a good photo of mine. <laughs> 
Um, it's a photo of mine. And, and I love the fact that I, I know this stuff and I was like, oh, I'll take a picture of this. Um, and it's very nice to hear nice things about my pictures. And I know that people are aware of nicer pictures of mine. It's just, that was, it's just funny that that was the one that like, whatever. So how I got into photography is, um, tic-tac, um, when I was a senior in high school, like, like before, like that's that August when I turned 17 before starting, um, I was given a Pentax K1000 35 millimeter camera because I was already going to concerts. Um, like I took pictures when I saw Cheap Trick and they held up a, a bed sheet banner that I made that said Cheap Trick are sex gods of the 80s. So I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so cool. I'm so punk rock. I also met Bunny Carlos. Fuck yeah. Okay. So because I like music and taking pictures, I was given this nice camera um, and also Zoom lens. And I'm thinking like, I don't, it's not like I'm shooting at big arenas. <laughs> like, like I'm standing right up against the stage. Like it was just like, that was just funny to me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so I got that camera and that was the year that I started going to shows in DC all the time. And I lived in the suburbs of Virginia and um, so we take pictures at shows um, because we, it was kind of like, well, we better document this before it disappears. Like we had no idea like what shit was going to evolve into or how it'd be misunderstood or commercialized and capitalized on and I'll stop that tirade. So I was taking pictures all the time at shows, which means also dodging stage divers, um, getting bumped into a lot. And I've stage dived and done all that stuff too. Um, and so I would go to school like that Monday to develop my prints because it's all black and white. And I'd be there at like, you know, 98 pounds dripping wet, push up my sleeves. My arms are covered in bruises from the show, but like I feel nothing. And I'm wearing like my combat boots and all that. And like people in the photography class are like watching the, the print as it develops. You know, it goes from white and then you start seeing the image. Mm-hmm. And it's like of all these... I guess to them, scary looking punk dudes and bands. And so suddenly people are like, what the fuck is up with her? We used to pick on her and now we're afraid of her. I'm like, yes. Um, so that was photography for me. It's a way to document my friends and scare people. Um, <laughs> and so, so I did that for a long time. And then um, when I moved into D.C., I lived next to a homeless shelter. Um, and so I took photos of like one of my regular friends there, this guy Bates. Um, I love homeless people sometimes. Um, and so I just said, but I didn't always have money for film and stuff. And so I kind of like kept up with it on and off. Um, and I already like loved art and photographers. Like I just found, I was going through some papers and I found this fucking art review that I wrote of a photography show at a museum. And I'm like, who the fuck did I, like, why did somebody make me do that in college? I found such a shit. So I knew, like, I know about it too. So in 1999, I got my first digital camera, which is like the size of a refrigerator compared to how they are now. (laughs) And it's like like two megapixels. (laughs) It still works. I want to like take some photos and post them just to see what garbage they are. Because I love garbage like that too. I love garbage. Give me a mason jar. Um, (laughs) So so yeah, I just, it's... uh, it's been a hugely, it became really therapeutic for me in 99 because that's when I had the neurosurgery that left me with nerve damage. 
which will fuck up your head too. Um, and so what I could do is I had this, you know, digital cameras given to me and I would just walk around and take pictures, um, just to get out of the, the apartment and remind me that there was life beyond not being able to write my own name. Um, and then since then, um, because of my level of anxiety and stuff, whenever I've traveled or moved to a new place or whatever, I, it's easy for me to take things apart in a, in a small frame by frame rather than think about the entire city that I'm walking around. And so I tend to really focus on small details a lot um, that other people don't pay attention to necessarily. Um, like when I, was, when I was walking around taking pictures in Paris with one of my friends there, and I would like walk past something and stop and then double back to take a picture of it. And he goes, how did you even see that? And I was like, I don't know. I've got peripheral vision like a horse. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I hate the world. So I notice things that I like. <laughs> That's how I do it. Um, and, and I lost like there's certain things that I do tend to do over and over again. And I've made three books for myself of just my Portland photos. Um, I Stop taking pictures of vans forever ago because it got in the way of me having fun at shows, and it's just boring to me. Um, but when I was friends with No Means No and touring with them and all that, because there weren't a lot of photos of them and interviews and stuff, I kind of did that a lot too. But they're like the last band, and they're side projects, but they're the last ones I did photos for. Um, so yeah, so yeah, photographing. Um, pretty much like every single DC punk band and then a lot of really great bands that came through when they were still good, like Susie the Banshees. And I met and interviewed her when I was like 18 or 19, which is crazy when you think about it now, I guess. If anybody knows who Susie the Banshees were. Um, but yeah. yeah. I, so, I wish I knew what your, who that was. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I like to take, I, I feel antsy if I can't. Um, so I've ended up figuring out like, there's always something that I can find some reason to take a picture of it. And this year, uh, I decided to do that, uh, take a picture of yourself every day bullshit that people do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm doing that, which is fun. It's, it's a good way to trace my moods. You know, because if I'm not giving a shit, making any effort with the picture, it's like, Oh yeah, I remember that two weeks ago. I didn't give a shit about anything. Well, the pictures of my hands. Hooray. <laughs> It's not that bad, but it's like, oh, here's my nose. You know? Whereas, like, that, that vintage hat picture that, that I sent to you, like, that was my picture of the day. I liked that one. It was sweet. Or, yeah. or intense, or I don't understand art. Uh, ew. <clears throat> I mean, that's, if you liked it, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. I just, that's, that's, the only reason why I say that I that I know some stuff about photography or whatever, the weird thing is, is that there was a lot of stuff I didn't know until people started telling me, oh, this, your photos remind me of this person or of that person. And I'd be like, who is Lee Freelander? Who is William Eggles? William Eggles, Egglestein, whatever. Who is Walker Evans? I know not of these people. That's how I learned it. But I hate fucking people who make it precious and... Who, who try to force how they want somebody else to interpret it. It's like whatever you read or listen to or look at or 
smell out in the world, walking nature, like whatever the fuck it is that you get out of it, that's all that fucking matters. That's it. That's my theory of art. Thanks. I feel less uh, incompetent. Yeah, I don't know shit about it. I could not, I, I do not know how to deal with an F-stop. I don't know any of that shit. I'm the worst. Like, I infuriate people who know what the fuck they're doing with the camera. Because I have great photos, but it's just because I have a good eye. Like, I, I, will, I, I will pat myself in the back for that. I've got a, I've got a keen eye. Well, so. that's the hard part to get. Anybody can learn technical stuff, but if you don't, if you don't have a, you know, an eye for it, what are you going to really capture? Yeah, it just, it can, it, like, I've kind of learned that it can, it, it can be taught because um, one of the nice things when I go around and take pictures is strangers will go, what the fuck is she taking a picture of? Because they just see, like, a wall. They don't, like, they don't see the detail. And so I'll invite them over and, like, see, like, see this, is, this is what I'm taking a picture of. This is why it appeals to me. And that's all I say. This is why I like it. And the people, person will inevitably say, wow, I never would have noticed that. I'm going to start paying attention more to my surroundings when I'm walking. And I'm like, that's the best thing that you can say about somebody's doing anything. It's like, oh, I'm it's like, somebody's going to pay attention more to the world and find nice things in it. So that's, that's all that matters. That's competency in art as far as I'm concerned. Cool. I, I babbled. I'm so nervous. I never no, talk. I love it. I'm, it's great. I, you're you're very um, very entertaining. Now tell us about the time you had a gun in your face. Come on. <laughs> it wasn't in my face. Although a friend of mine did get he got beaten around the face with the gun. I really have meant to do a gun segment. <laughs> can't tell. This is all the like Americans. Um. So I was managing eleven books in Oakland, California. Most people, when you say Oakland, they immediately say, oh, well, of course. Like, of course I deserve to get help at a gunpoint managing a corporate chain bookstore course. Fucking assholes. I didn't even know that um, was a thing. Okay. Yeah. Oakland is is considered like a like a tough... It's, there's a lot of crime. It's the most crime area. It's right near Berkeley and San Francisco, but it's the crimey area. Um, it's where I lived on, on the border of... Um, when I had that schizophrenic neighbor who would sell her drugs, who would trade her drugs for street drugs, and then she'd set her soap on fire. Okay. That's another thing. Okay. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm managing this bookstore doing one other guy working there. Andy, my my ex, he's my boyfriend went to. He worked at the same store. Like I was his boss. I hired him, um, and he worked harder than anybody there. He was like the coach of kids. Like I'm going to do a bit better. So every picture anyway. Um, so I was at the front register, counter area. There's two registers there. I'm making a schedule for the week, and I notice a customer coming up. So I look up to say, may I help you? And it's a gun. Anyway, may I help you in your gun? And um, the, guy was, the guy was tweaking. And this was like 5.30 or 6 in the evening. Like, it's daylight. Um, he was tweaking. Like, I, did, I recognized tweakers. And... He he said, you know, I give me the money, and I just like did that like, oh, and he's like, I'm serious. I was like, I do not doubt that you are. I'm taking you very seriously because you have bullets. I can go bang 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 into my stomach because that's it was pointed like that's the kind of like like the level it was with like chest stomach area. 
And so my whole thought was like, I do not want to make it go bang, bang in there because that would be scary. And that was, but, but there's always a part of me that's like, oh, but I can make it into a funny story later. You can make it what? I can make it into a story later. And here we are. You learn to do that when you're around stupid drunk people because they'll laugh at anything. Um, so so he, I, I realized he was serious. And, uh, and, and in addition to the two registers where I was standing between, there was also a safe that I couldn't remember if the sliding door was covering it or not. And, and my back is, is to a wall. Like, like, the wall behind me is actually windows. And so all this is like, going, and you never think about how would I handle a gun being pulled on me? You don't know until you're in it. And, and my, my reaction was, I'm going to go to the cash register that I know has the least amount of money in it because this fucking son of a bitch is scaring the crap out of me. Stupid piece of shit. That register is 500 You're getting the one with the $100 tip. Still, you fucking piece of shit. Like, calmly <laughs> went to the register, and because I didn't want it to, I didn't want any customer to startle him and make gun go off. I didn't want any customer to play hero and make gun go off. Yeah, I didn't want any customer to even notice it or say a chew and make gun go off. So, so I I put it all into a paper bag. Did not even look where the safe is, did like nothing, just like slid it into the bag and he just bolted. I was like, Phew. so then I yelled out um, to my co worker in the back, like, oh, we, we were just held at the gunpoint, I need to call the cops. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, I was still in this grocery when I caught the guy jacking off in the bookstore. But anyway, so, so, so this guy coming came into the bookstore, and he goes, oh, is that the guy that, that just left? And I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, you know, he just bust past me. You know, I'll, I'll stay and, and be a witness if you want it, to help with descriptions or whatever. And I'm like, cool. Um, because when I called the cops, they said, I need to evacuate the store because since the guy left on foot, we don't know if he's on foot or in car. And as typical in Oakland, you don't just send out police cars. You send out fucking helicopters. Oh, God. That's how bad the crime is in Oakland. You send. I mean, that's the cal- That's how California is in general with with crime. Um, California, um, you know, parts of it because you've got like car cases and, and whatever. So, so I was told to evacuate the store, but you know, witness guy got to stay and play because because they didn't want the the robber to let see the helicopter or hear it and then run back into the store and have a hostage situation. Okay. And I was like, I think that's very good. I do not want a hostage situation either because I'm not even crying yet. Like, I'm just, like, holding it in and just, ah, and just hoping that nobody gives me a reason to lose my shit. And there's this woman at the magazine rack. The only person left in the store. She had just walked in right after I made the announcement. Then I went over to her again, and I said, you need to leave. You need to leave the store now. She's like, I'm just going to say, friend. And I said, well, I think you heard me say before that we were just held up at gunpoint. Cops say evacuate because we don't want a hostage situation. I don't want to be a hostage because you wouldn't leave. 
And again, I'm not yelling. I still have that fucked up customer service mentality. Um, and she's just like, like, like I'm, I'm too important to care about any bloodshed. And, and then cops, like that's, then the cops came in to take, you know, like they finally showed up and she turned and looked at me. She didn't make that sound. She turned and looked at me and said, Oh, you were serious. I thought you were kidding. <sighs> and I'm like, you fucking cunt. You fucking cunt. You think that'll be something I would joke about? Do you think I'm going to fucking joke about it? I'm going to put it on my stomach. Do you think I'm going to joke about that? Would you like to hear some other things that are probably hilarious for my wife? Because I can tell you with a lot of anecdotes. <laughs> she left. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, and, and again, I'm making, I'm sounding mild here because I hate sounding that way. Like, so I don't want to, like, I don't want to, like, I don't make, like, I think about making people uncomfortable even talking about it. Um, so, so then, um, I called Andy to, to come get me. Um, she'd been, she'd actually had a gun put to his head in Richmond before we knew each other. So he really knew every single thing that I was going to go to in terms of PTSD, um, which was so helpful to have. So helpful. Um, so yeah, it. And then uh, about a year and a half later, or something, on Valentine's Day, um, I went to my friend's restaurant that was near my bus stop to get coffee on the way to work. Well, it's seven thirty in the morning. You don't think there's going to be a robbery that you get get assaulted in? But you know, Valentine's Day, seven thirty in the morning. Why not? Fuck. Yeah, yeah. I got thrown to the pavement because I went out. <laughs> What? Your plan was to what? Because I went after him. Why would you do he, that? He didn't have a gun, so I knew I was okay. Oh, sure. Because, because I'm very protective of my friends. And, like, like my friends, her restaurant had gotten, had gotten hit a lot because she, like, how dare a woman run her own restaurant? And she's a lesbian that half, that's half Chinese and half Mexican with a, with a beautiful mullet. Oh, yeah, we can't have that here. Oh, and, um, yeah, yeah, she's, ugh, I love her so much. And, um, and so, so this is, so the guy, you know, he was, he wanted to do a grab and run. Like, you know, the girl popped open the register door. He's going to grab it, all the cash. And so he grabbed a lot of, he was grabbing cash. I saw he didn't have a gun. I yelled out to Anne what was going on because I knew she had a phone so she could call the cops. Fuck her. She was not going to call the cops. She was going to, like, you know, sometimes there's a whole bunch of cool glasses lined up that you're going to be serving sodas in. I just pick him up and throw him at the guy he's running. It's just like hurling glasses at him. And I'm like, I don't want to get hit, bitch. And, and so I ran out after him. And he's, size matters. She was over six feet tall. Race doesn't matter, but I would say that he was black. Um, so, so I ran out after him. Not because I, I just wanted to cause a commotion so people would see what he'd look like as, and maybe be witnesses and maybe, like, if he went down another street. So, like, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm going to be a hero. I'm an idiot. <laughs> and, 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 and he apparently was like, I'm going to wait for the crazy girl to come out. I'm going to out here on the sidewalk. Oh, here she comes. I'm going to grab her by her upper arms and put her to the sidewalk. And, and, I, and, and I landed on the sidewalk, and, I, like, my hands, like, my hands got all scraped and bloody. And like that was it. I was like, and I just jumped up and screamed, "What the fuck?" I just felt like running. And and you have to keep in mind that I was 
at least 35 is overweight. Like probably like you were looking at, at like mom jeans. I was definitely like mom jean size. Which I've been recently so I've been using weight. Yeah, yeah. I so and I was like and I was a heavy pot smoker at the time too, so my lungs were shit. And I'm thinking it's a great idea to cut this guy out and chase after him. And 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 there was a U Haul place at the end of the street and they all knew um Anne's and so they were like, What the fuck is going on? And the game got robbed, that's the guy, he just went down there and they got all dukes of hazard and like jumped into their vehicles and said, You go back to the restaurant, we'll go and and the cops showed up and I could hear him, I could hear the on the on the cop walkie talkies, like the whole chase. And apparently what he had done is he was breaking into people's apartments and shedding clothes to try to get away from the cops because it was his third strike which means he was going to be put away, maximum sentence, no, like, no ifs, ands, or buts. Third strike law, you're fucked. So he was trying to escape the police, and they found him, and then we had to do a drive-by in a van with, like, shaped tinted glass and go, yep, that's him. Um, and I'd call my boss and say, going to be late today, got assaulted. Um, and then it got, uh, that one actually got to go to court for. Like, they never caught the guy that held me at the gunpoint. But since this guy was caught, actually, I got to testify. Did you point him out? Yeah. They, um, you know, and defense attorneys have to do what defense attorneys have to do. And I would certainly want anybody to go back for, for me. Um, and he, he you know, it's like, you see him, like, yes, you point. And, and when this happened, like, when the cops showed up, I was like, he, he threw me to the ground. Can we add assault to that charge? I'm like, yeah, that's assault. Like, yeah, anything we can add on, we'll do. And so the lawyer asked me, he goes, well, you, you, you say that my, that, that my client threw you to, to the ground. Now, now, let's back up a minute. Was it, was it rainy that day? Like, like when you went out after him, were when you did the sidewalk slippery? Yeah. And I'm like, where is Berkeley? How much rain do we get here? And then he was like, well, were you wearing heels? Again, look at who you're talking to. <laughs> and he's like, well, maybe you were wearing slippery shoes. And I'm like, no, see these, see these awesome purple suede pumas that I'm wearing now with rubber soles because that's how sneakers work? This is what I was wearing. But if she if I can skid them on this top floor and fall down. That will be odd. It's a simple yes or no. So that was satisfying. Yeah, mainly because for my friend. That's that. Good. Crime and punishment. You took a bite out of crime. I did, and that's that's part of why I'm so vengeful in so many other areas. I feel like you could be a good superhero. I feel like you should work on some kind of outfit to wear superheroing and just do that. I, well, I do it in in many outfits. I'm so, I'm so, so, it's wonderful. It's so wonderful what I can get away with. But anyway, I'll stop now. Okay. <laughs> well, there's, there, there's, there's a segment that I want to do when my upstairs neighbors aren't home, and I will need to do that on my own because okay. they'll be able to hear. They'll be able to hear me. So that's where my really subtle tactics have been so therapeutic for me. Should I ask okay. more? Is it a surprise? You know, I'll, 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 no, they're, they're, they're home right now. So I'll I'll do it separately. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll look forward uh, to that. Uh, yeah. 
All right. Well, Rose, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us and uh, regaling us with your tales. I really enjoyed this very, very much. We should do this again if you're not too busy. Oh, I don't know. I'm unemployed and mental. I think I can (laughs) So you've got a little bit of time then. (laughs) Yeah. I have a a ton of time. It's nice to talk to the world. I talk to people. Um, I hope I wasn't boring everybody. I'm really sorry. I hope I didn't talk too fast or too slow. No, that was perfect. I would not use the word bored. Enthralled, maybe, I would say. It was very, uh, it was cool. You've led quite the life, and we got to hear a little bit about it. So thank you very, very much. All right, honey, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay, take care. Bye.